This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. My God. Finally. Thank you. Thank you so much for making this a Friday. Because this week has been the longest millennial of my life. I want you to know that. Any big plans this weekend, Jake? Um, well, we have more family coming in tonight. We have the girlfriend coming in tomorrow. We're going to choke on some water. And then we're going to go to Lowry's. And it's going to be great. Lowry's, the primely Mike Lowry. The prime Mike Lowry. <laughs> I'm totally choking on core water right now. Uh, we're going to Lowry's this weekend. Anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to get up to, like, House of Hoops or something. Well, you're going to pick up your girlfriend's seat. What this prick there over here isn't go. saying is, it's my birthday. Tomorrow's my birthday. And, again, I ain't got no gifts. Yet. I hey, see whoa, whoa, nothing. Whoa, whoa, I got you one of the nicest details we've ever gotten. That's not a gift? No. Um, yeah, it is. That was very nice of you. Um, I agree. That that was that was quite nice of you. I appreciated the effort on your behalf. Uh, but yeah, I got the I got the uh I got the detail, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to House of Hoops in Beverly Hills. Beverly uh, Hills. So I'm sorry, did you just burp? I did. I totally Who did. Fuck are you? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm uh, me. You know, it's my birthday week. This guy. Yeah. Uh, it's my birthday year. Yeah. Uh, make sure you go ahead and hit like. Give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate everybody who watches the show um, at themontyshow.com. Appreciate you uh, listening to the show on the audio podcast. We had a monster day on the audio podcast yesterday. Really, really appreciate you guys supporting the show. Um, if you want to win the PS5 that we're giving away, even though it's not here, it's back up in a crib in in Salt Lake City. uh Um, all you have to do is subscribe to this channel and follow us on TikTok, the Monty show, M O N T Y, the Monty show. And if you would so like, and you are a casual, go ahead and, uh, hit me on the DMS on Instagram or Twitter. You can uh, find Jake SLC supercars, SLC supercars. Um, and just DM us your size, and we'll hook you up with the Venmo. Our T-shirts are $25. You're a casual. You are a casual. Uh, that's the current shirt, so make sure you hook it up at themontyshow.com is where you can find the show. Without further ado, um, so we've really been working to find out where the Jazz have been behind the scenes, and we've really been working hard to figure out what the Jazz were attempting to do at the trade deadline um, and the fruits of our labor paid off yesterday as we were told that, um, you know, and, and again, I, I will say that we've been, our sources have been pretty good on the jazz. Um, you know, we have, we have had the great, the great luxury of, of, you know, having accurate sourcing to go with our jazz stories, whether that is the Dennis Lindsay story, uh, whether that is Danny Ainge, Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles, I mean, just a, a number of stories, right? So we've been working hard on that. Um, and yesterday we were able to confirm what we had said last week at the trade deadline that everybody was on the table. 
And we've been telling you that there's been a lot of friction in the Jazz locker room, mainly centered around the divide that exists between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And in an eerily similar verbiage, Donovan Mitchell went on the, the Chris Haynes podcast this week and confirmed almost word for word what we've been reporting about his relationship with Rudy Gobert. So it came as little surprise um, that sources in the NBA told us yesterday that the, the Jazz had conversations about Rudy Gobert. I don't believe, and in, in from what I understand and what I'm told, I don't believe the Jazz were ever close to trading Rudy Gobert. But they absolutely had conversations centered around Rudy Gobert with three Eastern Conference teams um, about making a deal for Rudy. And I don't think that's surprising in the least bit. Now, can you make a gravitational change like that at the trade deadline? Sure, you can. It's exceptionally rare. There are very few situations where a deal like that gets done. Obviously, James Harden, Ben Simmons, that deal got done. But to trade a super max contract where Rudy Gobert is making $41 million a year is incredibly, incredibly rare in this league. And what you know now is the foundation's been laid for a deal to get done in the summer. And that's those are the conversations that I had yesterday with people in the know. Um, and the interesting thing is, is that the people that we know at the Jazz, as soon as we tweeted that, essentially – you know, they, they reached out and they were not happy that we were tweeting that. Mm -hmm. And we had conversations about it. Um, you know, my sources at the jazz that are close to that situation, um, did not deny that that in fact did happen. Um, I think that it is a pragmatic, smart move for the Utah jazz to be exploring every option to get this, to get this deal done and to make this team competitive. I am in no way, shape, or form saying that the Jazz were close to trading Rudy Gobert. I am in no way, shape, or form telling you um, that the Jazz had a deal in place. What I am telling you, and I want to make sure we're perfectly clear on this, what I am telling you is the Jazz had, had conversations with three Eastern Conference teams, and I'm going to do the math on who those teams are here in a minute, but the Jazz had conversations with three Eastern Conference teams about Rudy Gobert. And, and their interest in and what it would take to, to get a deal done. That's what happened at the NBA trade deadline with Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz. And, Jake, I'm not at all surprised by that. No, I think it's, I think it's the, kind, the type of thing you want to be doing at the trade deadline. You have to understand, you know, that, that you, know, you have to understand it's a super max. You have to understand that it's not easy to trade that, that contract. And it all starts with laying the foundation and having conversations. And that's the thing I think you got to understand – if you're a Jazz fan listening to this show right now, the process by which you go about trading a Supermax isn't pick up the phone, call whatever team, and then you have the deal done tomorrow. I mean, this is this is a, a much lengthier process. I mean, it, this isn't like, hey, we want to trade uh, Elijah Hughes to Portland for this, that, and the other. You know, it's not that simple. And so, you know, I wasn't surprised when we heard this. I think that um, it also, on some level, uh, sends a pretty clear message that that you know the organization understands yeah that everyone everyone is available and they, and I think by extension through what we're hearing to me anyway my opinion is is that it sends the message that that this team is not going to stay the same this team is not they are not just going to stand pat and, and I know 
that, you know, through the trade deadline, they didn't really do too much, and a lot of Jazz fans were disappointed. But I think if you're a Jazz fan, you can feel pretty good about, you know, the intent of this front office. And that ultimately is what matters because you got to have, you know, you, it takes two to dance, right? you gotta you got to have someone on the other side of the phone who's willing to even have the conversation about yeah. Rudy. And I think that ultimately is what they were trying to get done at the deadline. You know, first and foremost, we first and foremost, we need to move the, you know, the Joe Ingles expiring deal. We need to make a deal around that and, and get that off our books. I think that was mission number one. Mission number two, I think, was to make calls to the Eastern Conference because you're not going to trade Rudy in the Western Conference. We're going to make calls to the Eastern Conference to some of these teams, and we're going to figure out who's willing to have a conversation that way. When the season ends and we're in the offseason in the summer, we can call these teams back and say, okay, let's sit down at the trade table and yep. let's figure out what we can hammer out. And that's what I feel like took place at the trade deadline for the most part. And I don't think most people understand that, that that's generally how major deals get done. I mean, you're not making, you know, what's another major deal? Um, trading Russell Westbrook, right? Trading Russell Westbrook, and we now know that the Lakers could have made a Russell Westbrook trade right. to Houston for John Wall and, you know, some incarnation of players, Eric Gordon, Christian Wood, like a package. Yeah, a package of Houston Rockets. Yeah. They didn't want to do that because the Rockets had the leverage and the Rockets were going to make them take on more money. And the Lakers, Rob Palinka, Jeannie Buss said, we're not going to take on more salary. There's a real good chance that deal gets done in the summer, right? With a guy like Rudy Gobert, who is is as important to this club as he is, he is also very limited. And it's going to take a longer time than three days leading up to the trade deadline. And by some accounts, it was a week. Three days seems to be what the consensus was in those conversations. But my feeling is that this will lay the foundation for Rudy Gobert to be traded over the summer. And I think that is highly likely. I think that the Jazz have an appetite. As I've told you, we, I've been told directly by, by sources in the know around the NBA that the, the Jazz, and, and really my sources at the Jazz confirmed it, that the Jazz have told Donovan Mitchell they're going to build this team around him. Yeah. And that they understand right now that the roster is dysfunctional. They understand that the roster is not built around uh, Donovan, that it's built really the focal point of this Jazz roster is, is Rudy Gobert, and that they, they, they have a pretty good understanding that that's not the way that they're going to win a championship. Here's the game plan. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that you're going to see is that this club is, is as we've again reported, going to do everything possible to, to get a championship to Salt Lake City. They're going to do everything possible to make sure that Donovan Mitchell wears a Jazz uniform for as long as possible. Right. Donovan Mitchell, according to my sources, have has told the Jazz point blank, if we're not if we're not winning a championship or competing for a championship, I'm not going to be here. I don't have the desire to sit through rebuild after rebuild and losing season after losing season. But I can also tell you that Don's never said, hey, this market's too small for me. I'm a big star. I need the big city lights. Which is two totally different things. Yeah, Donovan's never said that. He has never, from what I've been told, Donovan Mitchell has never demanded a trade. Donovan Mitchell has never said, I don't want to be here anymore. What Donovan Mitchell has said in his meeting with Ryan Smith 
He said directly, I want to win. I care about championships. And Ryan Smith said to Donovan Mitchell, we are going to do everything to win a championship. We will spare no expense. We will build this roster around you. And our only goal in every move we make is to win a championship. If you ain't first, you're last. So trading Rudy Gobert makes perfect sense in yeah. that light and in that conversation. Yeah. Were they close to trading Rudy Gobert at the deadline? No, they were not. And I think that will happen in the summer. And I know I'm being a little repetitive, but I want to make sure we get this right because I think it is a huge moment in time. I think the Utah Jazz have a chance to trade Rudy Gobert over the summer. I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I feel like that there is a reasonable chance that happens because the three clubs that, that make the most sense at the deadline in these conversations, and some make sense, some don't. I think the least likely was Boston. I don't believe that Boston has any use for a guy like Rudy Gobert. And I don't know what you give up if you're Boston to get Rudy. But we had heard from sources around the league at the deadline that the Jazz were trying to get involved in a three-team deal with Washington. And it makes sense to me that if it is Boston, that they were trying to do a three-team deal with Boston, Washington, and the Jazz. Now, the other name that has consistently been linked to the Jazz that the Jazz supposedly had interest in was Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. That makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. If Rudy Gobert is not here and you plug in Julius Randle and you plug in other bodies around Julius Randle and Donovan Mitchell, that's a very formative, formative um, duo. Donovan Mitchell and, and Julius Randle on the same roster makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. Now, having said that, I don't know what the framework of that deal looks like. Yeah. Julius Randle, I believe, is about to go into a long extension, um, but he's not 35% of your salary cap like Rudy Gobert is. Understand that. Yeah. Let that sink yeah. in. Rudy Gobert is 35% of the Utah Jazz salary cap. Why does that matter for someone who doesn't get it? <laughs> because, it one, he's not a force – as far as offense goes, he is very as as talented and as impactful as Rudy Gobert is on the defensive end, and he is. He is, in my opinion, a generational defensive performer. There is no doubt about that. He has earned the Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. Three, in fact, I think he may even win three more in his career. But as as dominant as Rudy Gobert can be defensively, one you can scheme him out of that role. And two, he is very limited offensively. So when you're paying somebody 35% of your salary cap, $41 million a year on average, who cannot consistently contribute offensively, and who in half-court sets can be schemed by the, the, the other team out of that defensive leverage that he is just so incredibly gifted with, you begin to understand that that's 35% of your salary cap that cannot help you win a championship. Yeah. And ultimately, at the end of the day, when you do not have other pieces around a guy like Rudy Gobert that are dominant offensively, and really the Jazz have one and that is Donovan Mitchell. Well said. You begin to understand why this this build of the Utah Jazz is dysfunctional. Good, not great. That's it, what it is. It's good, not great. There's no other way to, to really describe it, and I understand why people are upset about that. 
and I understand why there's frustration in jazz country. Yeah. Um, but you have to understand that ultimately to win a championship, there will be pain. There will be pain. And I think that that's where, where you're going to go here. So, again, I, I think the most likely scenario is that Rudy Gobert, I could see him, I could see him moving to New York. I think, I don't know what the Knicks would have to do on top of that because you don't have the offense there. Um, you know, but as it was described to me, he would, Rudy Gobert would enjoy the opportunity to play with Evan Fournier. Mm -hmm. um, so that also on top of that makes a hell of a lot of sense for the New York they're Knicks. Olympic teammates. They are Olympic teammates and they are very close friends. Yeah. And, you know, at, at one point, I don't know, what was it, several months ago, we were told that people were in Rudy's ear over the summer. Yeah saying, hey, you know, you, this is your team. You got to do this. You got to do that. And yeah. what happens? He comes back from the Olympic tournament. He's a much more vocal presence. He is calling guys out. There is, it, you know, the, the losing is creating friction in the locker room. And frankly, this situation the other night in L.A., I think Rudy Gobert got embarrassed. I mean, I think when you look at him, you know, pointing at Royce O'Neal on the floor. Yeah. Like, hey, what are you doing? And then owning none of it in the post game. Frankly, I think I think Rudy embarrassed himself. Yeah, and I just think that as as a defensive force, you're not you're you're not as you know you don't have the you don't have the 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 word I use is clout. That's the best word to describe what we're talking about. You don't have the respect of your teammates the same way that an uh, 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 a dominant offensive player, the guy that's basically getting buckets for you, does, you know? Like, think of it this way. You know, one of the best offensive player or one of the best offensive players in the league right now, DeMar DeRozan. Yes. He's going to have a ton of respect. That Like, that's his team, you know? Like, DeMar is the guy. Donovan is the guy, you know? Whereas Rudy or... Jared Allen or, you know, whatever defensive big you want to think about, those guys are, are, are frankly, and I can't believe I'm saying this about a guy who's getting paid that much, but in essence, they are role players. You are somebody who plays one side of the floor, and then you disappear on the offensive end. So yeah. I don't know. It's just this tricky situation, but I think on the path to a championship, if this is the worst pain you have to go through, trading Rudy Gobert and making some changes to the roster, I don't feel like that's a, a heavy price to pay if it pays off in rings, you know, because other teams have had to pay higher prices, you know, and Danny Ainge knows about that, you know. So I don't know. I just think that the 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 what's played out, and we have been ahead of the curve on it. I will say that we have we've been saying this for probably a year at this point, but you can just see that when Rudy's in the game, they're a little bit more limited offensively. When they go with yeah. a small ball lineup, they have a lot more options offensively. They do some creative things. The ball seems to move more. So, again, it comes off, and I think a lot of people, we saw this, we got tagged in some you know Jazz Facebook group about how we hate Rudy and whatever. We don't hate Rudy Gobert, but the problem is, is we're independent. We don't have an allegiance to the team or anything like that. Yeah. So we're going to say, hey, he is a – dominant defensive player but offensively the limitations are just too much to win a championship yeah I and I think I think the hard part here is that Donovan Mitchell's not a complete product yet he's not a complete player and he has to wear a lot of the dysfunction in this situation 
You know, I, I think the selfish, um, you know, and I always get slapped for saying hero ball. Um, you know, one of the guys I know at the Jazz really, really hates that term. Like, I mean, really hates that term. Do you know why? Uh, because he says that's not at all what's going on. Um, you know, and, and multiple guys I've talked to at the Jazz have said, hey, Donovan, there's not a selfish bone in Donovan's body. Well, his play says otherwise. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, let's be wanna, honest about listen, it. Listen, whether you want to call it hero ball or you want to call it Don's just doing what Don's got to do, I mean, whatever, you know, with all due respect, like whatever label you want to put on it, the fact yeah. is, is Donovan takes a lot of ill-advised threes from the hash that he shouldn't take. And, and, and again, when we talk about complete basketball players, part of being a complete basketball player is, is 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 decision making and understanding yes. okay so I, so I'm Donovan Mitchell I understand who I am and how the defense prioritizes stopping me to slow us as a team down so when you have that power on the floor you have to make the correct decision 8 or 9 times out of 10 for your team to be successful so when you're the Utah Jazz and you've got Rudy on the floor and Donovan on the floor and Bogey's standing in the corner, Royce is on the wing and Mike's on the other wing, you got to look at this and you got to say, okay, what should I do here? Well, I know what I'm going to do. Rudy's going to come up and set a pick and then I'm going to get a matchup that I feel like I like and then I'm just going to go and play ball. And so those ill-advised, you know, what, 25, 30 footers or whatever they are, yeah, you know, like those are those are just not good shots. Can he make them? Well, yeah, he can make them. Can he get by the guy and get the elbow jumper that's like a 70% look for him? Yeah, he can. And that's why I think when when we say, hey, it's hero ball or it's Don and everybody else, we're not really saying, hey, Don just wants to take every shot. What we're saying is this team is not complete enough and doesn't have enough talent, and his play clearly dictates that he doesn't believe in the guys around him or else yeah. he wouldn't be taking those shots. Well, and what you're seeing now is that – you know, he's he's really made an effort, I think, over the last three games specifically. I think he's really made an effort to to distribute more mm -hmm. and to take advantage of the space that he's creating in the paint to get guys better looks. And that's what's so frustrating about guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. It's what's so frustrating about, um, you know, Royce O'Neal. I, I just think in that – In the corner, won't shoot the ball. But his name is Buckets, and he won't shoot the ball. And like, so if it, you're it, Don, like, what choice are you left with? Hey, yeah. I'm going to bring the ball up. Because I actually, to be honest with you, and this is something you kind of pointed out, I really like when Don's running the point. I got to be honest with you. I like, with, with this current setup, I like Don on the ball, bringing the ball up, running the point, and getting them into good offensive situations because it puts the choice into Donovan's hands, right? You want, you want, just like in, in the NFL or, or any other sport, you want the choice of how you're going to do things to be Correct. in your best player's hands. Correct. And with this roster, I think that's the best formula. Give the ball to Don, let him bring it up, and let him run offense. Let Or let him use the pick or, you know, whatever the, the set dictates. But, but again, when we talk about hero ball and, and the way this team tends to kind of fall apart at the end, that's where I think Don's shortcomings and maturity as a player need to come. Well, and I think that that will happen. I think in a, a, I still maintain that while they're not comparable players, the arc that Donovan Mitchell on is very similar to the arc that Michael Jordan went on. You've got now to surround him with talent, and he will become a complete player.
I, I really believe that. I think it is. What is with Don being a complete player? What is that? When you, when you say, Hey, Don is now a complete player. Mm -hmm. What do you envision that as? What do you see that as? Well, I think the biggest hole in his game right now is his defense, and we're starting to see that he's a wanting defender. He, he had some moments in that Laker game specifically where he played really good defense. I thought his defense on Russ um, in a couple of one-on-ones was very good, and I think Donovan is showing you that he's working on that. I would expect his defense and his footwork. He, he – Don tends to cross himself up sometimes defensively. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something he can grow into. He's just got to, he's got to develop better footwork, right? He will do that. Um, I think defensively is his, is his biggest hole in his game. But I also think mentally speaking, Donovan Mitchell has to hit a switch. And my guess is, you know, he's that dimmer switch, right? He was never passing. The dimmer switch was all the way down. The room was dark, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now you're starting to see him push that dimmer switch up a little bit. There's a little light in the room. He's starting to kick the ball out, and, he, and you're starting to see more productive sets. During that homestand where they won, what, six in a row? Donovan Mitchell was the motor in that on that homestand, right? And, and by no coincidence, Rudy Gobert's out, mm -hmm. Donovan's in, and it's Donovan's team. It's Donovan's room. It's it, – it, I mean – Donovan's a straw stirring that drink, right? But isn't that the challenge? It's Donovan's room either way. It's just how loud Rudy's going to be. That's what it well, seems like to me. And and I think, you know, look, if Rudy and Don are here for the next five years, they're going to have to figure out how to lead together. Because I think, you know, frankly, I, I think both of them want to be something that neither of them are, and that's an alpha male. Rudy Gobert, I think for every, every one of his failings, Rudy Gobert is trying to lead the team. He is trying to be the alpha in the room, and he just doesn't have it. He ain't that dude. And I think that's that's the biggest issue. I think this team is thirsty for Donovan Mitchell to step up and be a leader. He says the right things. I think that Rudy has blown his leadership feet off uh -huh. by talking about Devin Booker and taking to social media and okay. – so that's how it's going to be. And pointing at Royce O'Neal, like, you can't lead that way and be successful. Yeah. You can't – great leadership is about building guys up. It's not about, you know, tearing guys down, right? And and it's so easy to be a leader when you're winning. It's really difficult, and the test of your leadership medal comes through losing and adversity. That's when great leaders are defined. It, it, leadership is defined in adversity. In this team, when things go to shit, this team doesn't have a true, strong leader. That's what you need. When you're down three with four, you know, 14 seconds to go, where's the good shot coming from? Because you know what? I watched a Milwaukee team last night not even get close to a good shot to try and win a game. And it's because Giannis Antetokounmpo is a great player who doesn't know how to lead. Thanks. Right? I look at I look at teams like if you think about LeBron James, you can say a lot of things about LeBron. You can call him, you know, what do people on this show call him? LeBum or LeBust or <coughs> call him whatever you want. Yeah. He's got rings, and when the game's on the line, give LeBron the ball. He's been clutch. Good things will happen. Ask the Jazz the other night. Ask the Jazz the other night. You know, ask Rudy Gobert the other night, not stepping out on LeBron defensively. Right? LeBron's gonna take advantage of that. That's the attitude, not the talent. 
mind you, that's the attitude that this team's lacking. Yeah. All right, let's get some comments in here. Steve Hambone first in. He says, good morning, guys. What's going on with Gobert? Well, we just told you. Edgar Garcia says, good freaking morning, players. Good freaking Friday morning. Amen to that. Aptus Lopez, nice to meet you. Says, uh, what's up from Manila? What's up, Manila? Where's the most likely destination for Gobert? I, you know, my guess, I feel like New York is is a my, – my guess is New York would be a very good destination. I don't believe they trade him in the West. I don't. Um, I think that that would just be a really foolish move. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I could absolutely see him being a fit with the Knicks. Um the Knicks are going to have to remake that roster again. I mean, especially if Fournier's there in the long term and whatever that is in this league two years, if he's here the next two seasons, I, absolutely I could see Rudy being a fit there. Um, I don't see him as a fit in Boston because you're not built for his style. Although they have a, a, a plethora of offensive guys, and if you put Rudy Gobert in the middle of that defense, look out. Because they've got three guys. Jason Tatum is capable of being an elite defender. Marcus Smart is an elite defender. You put Rudy Gobert into that mix. Jalen Brown's a great defender. Jalen Brown is Jalen Brown is a very quick defender. Jalen Brown is an instinctual defender. They would be elite defensively. I don't know how that impacts their offense, frankly. That I'd be interested to see. Um, but what's it going to take to get him out of to get him to Boston? They're not giving up. You know, they're not they're not giving up a whole lot to get Rudy Gobert. You know, and how much money are you going to have to send with him? You know, like I, I, Washington, I don't, you know, I don't know what, are you trading Bradley Beal? That doesn't feel like something you're doing because he's going to free agency. Yeah. Right? So is that a sign-and-trade deal? Eh, is Bradley Beal signing and trading to, to, to Utah? You know, that doesn't seem likely. I could see them. I could I could more see that being being a sign and trade with the Lakers or the Knicks or mm -hmm. like I I could see that. Um I think the most likely destination is the Knicks. I, I, I think I think that's the best fit. I you know, honestly the team that needs them the most is probably the Chicago Bulls. Um a team like that that does that really lacks a big. Um, you know, a team like the Atlanta Hawks that's got all kinds of offense that lacks a big. Um, that needs help defensively. Yeah. Those are the teams in the East that make the most sense. But how many of those teams even have the goods to get that kind of deal done? And want it. I don't know that many want it. I don't know that many have the goods to get it done. I mean, it, it's strictly a, a guess at conjecture. But, you know, my feeling is that there there's a deal to be had with the New York Knicks if you want to have it. It's just a matter of what what ultimately makes that deal happen over the summer. Because yeah. the Jazz don't have a whole hell of a lot of assets to give to get anything. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, one of the other conversations I had the other day was that the, the Jazz really – the Jazz were operating on the phones to the point of desperation. So take that for what it's worth. Tyler Hopkins says, I could see the Jazz trading Rudy during the offseason, but hopefully the team is smart about which team they trade him to. I would agree. Uh, Cody says, you guys bash on Rudy so much, yet you said nothing about Mitch when it comes to clutch time and to win the game. You don't relay, relay, rely, are you trying to say rely on him to make it for the win? Name one game you made a clutch shot. Well, I mean, you go back to Denver in the bubble, um, and you wish that he hadn't, he hadn't had the ball taken from him. The fact is, you know, like, here's the thing. I think he was doubled out of that. The fact is, is he just 
hasn't had enough opportunity in the postseason to make huge clutch shots. And frankly, they're not a team that plays tight games for the most part. You're, you're a team that that is playing two possession games at the end of the game. You know, to yeah. have to make to have the opportunity to make a clutch shot, you got to be down by two or down by three with you know five seconds left and, and I, the ball. Again, I just go to what Doc Rivers did in Philly last night, like using Maxi. You know, bringing Thibel in, like just the the flexibility of that Sixer roster is why they won the game. And, and you have a guy in Joe that's out there balling, hitting threes, getting to the basket, getting to the line, like, and this is without James Harden. And you look at how Doc Rivers was able to manipulate that game offense to defense. And I mean, you start to understand why Philly's one of the best teams in the NBA. But I also think like, you know, Cody Strickland's also saying that we bash on Rudy. Again, you can take it that way, but I don't think it's bashing on Rudy. I mean, again, it's not like we're not saying other things about other players. Like, you know, again, it's not – it's not. we're not making up a narrative about Rudy. The guy no. doesn't have an offensive game. He's one of the best defensive players in the league, if not the best defensive player in the league. That's why he's a three-time defensive player of the year. So I don't think that – I just don't think it should be taken as, hey, you guys bash on Rudy all the time because we don't. Like, it is it is the conversation. If yeah. the guy had an offensive game, he'd be Nikola Jokic. He'd be Joel Embiid. He would be Carl Anthony Towns. But he doesn't. So how is that us bashing on the guy? We're, we are literally just, like, truth-telling about Rudy Gobert. We're truth-telling about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's got everything you need on the floor except for decision-making, in my opinion. I think he's got the shot. I think he's got the the balls to take the big shot. I think, you know, he he he's a great passer when he does pass, which he needs to start doing more of. Like, he's working on things in his game, but you can see the development and the path to greatness yes. for Donovan Mitchell. With Rudy, I don't see the development at all. I don't see the little things. I don't see the effort to – to improve yeah, and, I, and, and I, but I think we've talked the development piece is what we talk about consistently but I want jazz fans to understand it's not we don't just jump on the show and start hating on Rudy that's not what it is in in just because and this is the other thing I think that's so important if you disagree with our takes that doesn't mean that we're hating on Rudy and yeah. it doesn't mean that we're wrong and you're right or you're right and we're wrong it doesn't it, it just doesn't the point is is that Rudy gobert is the hurdle that is holding this team back from making other trades that would allow them to become a NBA finals caliber team by no fault of his own, by no fault of his own because yeah. of the contract and the way the rest of the roster. Was and that's, built. and I think it's important to say that who should we really be blaming? This is Dennis Lindsay's responsibility and fault at this point. You know, Dennis Lindsay is the one who wanted to sign him to this $40 million deal. Yep. Edgar Garcia says Cody's panties in a knot. Gobert needs to get much uh, needs to go too much drama with him. I, I, look, I I think Cody, you make you make a good point. I mean, uh, Don has, and I think I said this a few minutes ago or maybe yesterday. Don's got to wear some of the responsibility for this team, you know. And, and I I would agree that, I mean, that's the guy you want to take the biggest shot when the game's on the line, when your season's on the line. Don needs to take that shot. Now, unfortunately, in the Clipper series last year, he was hurt. Um, you know, so I, I don't know that he was functional to the point where he could take that shot. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that this jazz team is so clearly doing is they're trying to limit guys minutes to make sure that everybody's as healthy as you can be for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, because they, they are still convinced that when Don, Mike and, and Rudy are a hundo P at the play in the playoffs or as close to it as they can be, that they're a formidable team. 
And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I certainly don't. I'm not all in on that. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Dane says, did y'all see Rudy blame not being 100% for the Laker game after he said he was fine and spry? I, I, I just think that Rudy Gobert has an ownership issue. Yeah. Rudy Gobert has a self-accountability issue. And until that goes away, I don't see him growing. Uh, Samon Lott says Gobert's a casual. Well, you know. Yeah, let me. I mean, let me let me find the the casual drop here. You're casual. You are casual. Yeah, there you go. I agree with that. Uh, Edgar agrees with that. George Mitchell says, if Jazz trade Rudy, who is the best option to make a trade? No, we went over that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of a fit and stylistically. Uh, Samon Samon says, Samon Samon. So you know, Sam. Your name is Sam. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> Sam says Porzingis for Gobert. MGTV says who's going to want to trade for Rudy with that crazy contract and you're not getting the mad player for what he's getting paid. No, you're not. You're not. You're not getting the same player. You're not. The quality you're giving to get. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Brylark says Rudy would be a great would be great on the Bulls. I think he'd be a great fit there. Pablo Petrosi says Haywood uh, plus fills for Gobert. I don't know what that means. Eric Devere says Atlanta and Chicago. Atlanta would be a good Atlanta would be a great fit for him. Yeah. Um, Brylark says, I love how Cody and James Knight are turning into co complete heels on this show. I love James Knight. That's yeah, I don't dude. think I don't think again, I, I don't think that they're turning into like I don't, I don't heels if they're like like I guess bad guys or something. They're not turning into that. I just think, you know, it's important for us to say on the show that we don't hate Rudy. We no. don't. The the problem is, and I think and, and again, this is probably another show, different conversation or whatever, but I think, you know, the Jazz fan base is so conditioned to only positive take on their team. They're so conditioned to, oh, my God, everything's fine, and Rudy's the best, and did you see this? Did you see that? And I think it kind of comes as a shock to the system when you have an independent show like ours who doesn't have a stake in the game truth-telling about what this team is right now, which is they are a second-round playoff team right now. That's the wall they've gotten to. Do they have the opportunity, or will they have the opportunity this year to get to the conference finals? I sure hope so. I would love to see that because, frankly, when the team's doing better and, you know, they're having success, that's good for us. I would love to sit on this show tomorrow be like, holy cow, did you see Rudy rolled out a jumper? That'd be great. That would be amazing. But I haven't seen that, so what are we left with? That's what nobody wants to talk about. That's what nobody wants to say. You know, so with all due respect to James Knight and Cody Strickland and anybody else in the comments, like, it's not that that we're bothered by you disagreeing or saying that we hate on Rudy. But not I just, at all. But I just don't hate Rudy. I'm, I'm talking about what the guy gives me to talk about. Yeah, it's not personal. I think that's yeah. the hard part for people to grab. Cody says, okay, fourth quarter, he wasn't there. Great. He got 28 points in the first half. But when the team needed him to take a shot – um, he was throwing bricks. If Mitchell steps up as a leader, then Rudy wouldn't need to be. Um, I do agree with the concept that Donovan Mitchell balls out in the first half, but a lot of times doesn't show up nearly as much in the second half. That is something that I have seen. Yeah. I will give you credit for that take. I don't necessarily disagree. I think, you know, as a player, that's also part of the maturity portion. You know, and I also think when it comes yeah. to performing late in the game, you got to understand the defense is going to key on Donovan. They're not just going to let Donovan Mitchell go off. You know, again, and everybody seems to do this on Twitter, but if you look at Devin Booker, 
notice that his clutch level or his ability to perform in the second half has gone way up over the last like two or three seasons because the team and the guys around him have gotten better. So the defense can't just key on him. And that's also what I think you know, hurts Donovan's ability to go off for 20 in the second half. Yeah, and by the way, I'd point out that Mikhail Bridges isn't an all-star, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, King Essential says, opinion on Quinn staying if there's an early playoff exit. Uh, I still, I think no matter what, you're probably making that change in the summer. I, yeah. I, 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 we talked about this at length on the show yesterday, and in, in short, I would just say, I think, you know, the voice has gotten dull in the room. Uh, he's been there a long time. I don't think he's doing you know, a bad like, job, but no, I just think it's time for all. change. I, I, I think I think you're going to bring in a, a largely different roster, and I think that requires a different voice. Yeah. I think um, – hey, Hi. Bless your soul, sir. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, I think that he's been here a long time. Yeah. I don't dislike Quinn Snyder. I think Quinn's a hell of a coach. I was thrilled when they hired him. I think he's done a very good job. Um, sometimes you just need change. Uh Cody Strickland says, Quinn has lost the team, in my opinion. The lack of not playing young talent to get them developed hurts his staying. I agree. I think his his biggest flaw has been the the lack of player development. There's not a guy. Um, frankly, there's not a guy on this roster that you can say from his youth to now has grown exponentially. Like, yeah. And I think the biggest indictment on that is probably Rudy's offense or the fact that Donovan Mitchell you know, spends a lot of money on his body and on his skills over the summer. And he usually comes back with a deeper bag of tricks. I mean, um, and you would expect that out of a guy like Donovan. Yeah. And I, I you know, the, the truth is that anymore in the NBA, you don't have time to practice the schedule. You play too many games in too short of a window and you can't practice for an hour every day. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your development time is in shoot arounds. You're, but you know what? I mean, yesterday the Brooklyn Nets put out a video of Ben Simmons shooting threes. Mm hmm. Why do I want to see Ben Simmons shooting threes? You know, like, is that development? I don't know. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play this year. Maybe he's taken all this time and developed a three. It looks easy for him, frankly. But you don't develop during the season, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. Josh Lovern says, Don doesn't show consistent leadership qualities on the court. That's going to hold the Jazz back after Rudy is gone. I actually think he does show leadership on the court. Don's the guy that's going to go up and talk to you, and, and you see him – you know, hey, go over here and like you see him. And I think some of that's acting, frankly. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's what leadership looks like in the NBA. If, I mean, if you talk about, you know, the best leadership guys in the NBA, um, you know, whether that's Draymond, LeBron, certainly, um, you know, I, I mean, those are the guys that are routinely looked at as leaders in this league. Um, they they act the same way. So, you know, I yeah. – I, I think Donovan Mitchell's a hell of a player who's who's got a lot of maturing to do. Yeah. All around. So coach, I don't think you're wrong. Eric Devere says fans nowadays can't differentiating uh differentiate hating. I'm Filipina and JC has lull streaks that hurt the Jazz and even be traded. That's not hating, that's just real. Jordan Clarkson is a national hero in the Philippines and if traded we would follow him. Yeah. See, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like there like I agree like that he does you're not wrong. He does have Cold streaks that do hurt the team. They really need his contribution off the bench. Cody Strickland says, can we talk about something real that Gordon Hayward's wife is smoking hot? Oh, Robin Hayward is amazing. I mean, even even it, now that she's had, she's had several children, and she's still amazing. If you don't follow Robin Hayward on, on Instagram, frankly, you're missing out. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, Raphael Ray says, who are your top five head coaches that you see in the Utah Jazz? I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I have no idea. You know, and again, I'm not trying to dodge the question. I just don't think that – I can't really answer that question because I don't know what you – know, Well, who are the players yeah, that are going like, to be who here? Who are the what, players? What style? What's the, what's the like, philosophy? Like, you know, you got to, to, to name head coaches. I mean, you got you to gotta understand what your team is going to look like. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, That's again, tough. The, best, the best example I can give is like, you know, you look at a, a Mike D'Antoni from all those years ago. He's not going to go and coach a, in an organization that's defensive-minded. That's not his style. So to answer who you want your head coach to be, you got to know what the roster is going to be. Nate Cutler says, what's up from Hill Air Force Base? I really enjoy your podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Nate. Good to see you. Uh, if you're in service, thank you for your service to our country. ADZH says, do you believe Nurkic and Josh Hart trade for Gobert would work? I, you know, a lot of people have asked about that exact deal. Um, I love Josh Hart. He's a role player. Yeah. Um, I think Nurk is a guy that is, is again, very limited playoff experience though. A lot of playoff experience. I I don't know. I, I, if, if I'm the Utah jazz, if I'm trading Rudy Gobert, I am only doing it to, to, to find a completely different skill set on my wing. Um, I want my, I want my, you know, two, three, four to be incredibly athletic. Um, I need, you know, again, I'll go back to Philly last night. I need a thigh bowl. Yeah. Um, I need somebody that, you know, can defend three positions. Um, I need somebody that can shoot the three and get to the basket. Uh, I need a better version of Kyle Kuzma. I need that guy. The difference Link, maker. Size, shooting, speed. I need that guy. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know that that guy's available. Um, would have been nice to add a Tyrese Halliburton to this team. Yeah. Would have been, you know, if you look around, if you move, look at the guys that got traded, I mean, again, the lower end guys, the Karis Leverts, the Spencer Dinwiddies would love to have that that kind of skill set on your team. Um, but when you trade a guy like Rudy Gobert, who is, you know, arguably the best defensive player in the NBA, I'm I'm going to need a little more than Nurk and, and Josh Hart. I need yes. more than role players. Now, having said that, there is value in just getting that contract off your books, right? That you're going to lose on that trade. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yep. You're now you're going to try and limit that loss as much as you can. Uh, but I don't know that a Nurkic heart deal gets that done. And I don't know that I like that. Yeah. I I just, yeah, I just don't think that's enough. I I think I agree with you. I think you need more. Um, (laughs) Jeremy Bolton says you need that guy, guys, 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 guys. Yeah. Exactly right. Hey guys. Exactly right. All right. Can we talk about this stupid Saudi golf league thing? Hey guys. Speaking of which, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. If you're here right now, (laughs) please hit thumbs up uh neville 93 says i had a question who would be a good fit for the utah jazz being a center if rudy gobert left again it depends on what kind of basketball you want to play i mean I, again i if i'm if i could get anybody i'd love to see a jaron jackson jr i'd love to see a a, a, a big i don't i don't view it as center in four yeah. for this team no. i view it as the big so to me i think this team needs a big that can run and who has um a jumper offensively it doesn't have to be a three ball but you got to be able to have play pick and pop at the elbow you got to be able to have him be able to once in a while shoot that three when it dictates the it. ideal center for this team is deandre ayton as limited as he is defensively yeah depending on who you put around him deandre ayton it'd be nice to have a center i think to your point who has a push shot yeah who can hit a jump who can hit an elbow jumper a free throw line you mm-hmm. know extended jumper 
That'd be great. A guy that can finish the break. The guy that a guy that can dribble a little bit. Mm-hmm. A guy that if you need to can pass with his back to the basket. You know, like that's that's what I mean. Everybody in this league runs pick and roll, so that's not a unique skill. Um, I think I think. You know, the guys that you would think would be available are not guys that you're excited about. The, you know, like who's who's you know like. A Clint Capella. Um, you know, like, frankly, I would love a James Wiseman, Robert Kaminga type player. I would love a <clears> – I think Wiseman's the prototypical skill set going forward. Um, you know, the guy that can shoot the three and, you know, has length. Uh, like, I mean, there's just so many it – ju- it depends also on what are you surrounding with. I am never going to advocate, at least not right now and probably not for the next five years, I'm never going to advocate building your team around the center. Yeah, I, I'm building my team around three really good wing players, whether that's guards or I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think the way the Lakers go about it is completely wrong. LeBron should be playing the five or, or the four, excuse me, and AD should be playing the five. Yeah. And when AD's out, start Dwight Howard and play him 15 minutes a night and let LeBron play, let LeBron play small ball center because he's impossible to deal with as a small ball five. Yep. Because then he can just rim run and he can create he high can percentage freelance. looks. Dude. Yeah. I he, mean, that's what the league is about. And the thing that this jazz team does not do that teams like the Lakers, Suns, Warriors, like the, the fricking Sixers last night. Yes. Running cuts into the paint with very sharp, crisp passing to get layups. Yeah. Like that's what this team misses. Yeah. Um, you know, like you don't see it. You, what you see is, you know, drive, kick, three point shot. High pick and roll, go to the basket. You know, like, hey, there's five seconds on the shot clock. Mike Conley's going to throw up some crazy-ass layup and miss it. Yeah. This team needs offense, which is another complaint of mine with Quinn Snyder. They don't run sets. They don't have – They're a flow of the game offense. Yeah, they're a run, pick, and roll, and let's see what happens. It drives me crazy. Spencer Morgan says at some point player failure is coaching failure because of refusal to adjust rotations in minutes. My God. Yes. Yeah, I agree. hundred yes. yes. percent. I agree. I, I, don't yes. th- I, I think if you Absolutely. disagree with that, you just are, are not about like, you're not someone who pays attention yes. to the game. I mean, that's hundred percent on point. Yes. We need more Forrest Whiteside, Doke, Pascal. I, you know what? I, I hope I'm completely wrong about, about Doke. I want to see more now. I want to see more now. I mean, I, I don't think he's ever, Anything more than a 15-minute player. I think I think I would much rather play Hassan Whiteside in a lot of key situations. I mean, certainly right now, today, Yudoka Azubuki is not ready to be a big-time contributor. Yudoka Azubuki is just raw right now. Yes. And what I mean is, is he has the ability to be on the floor. He does. But the game is moving a million miles an hour for him. The game is super fast. He's still adjusting and still getting used to it. And that's part of the process when you come into to the league. I mean, you hear you yeah. know quarterbacks talk about it all the time. Wow, what was the biggest adjustment coming into the league? What's enabled you to do so, so well? Well, I watched a ton of film and learned from this guy, and the game really slowed down for me. That's the process that Doke is going through right now. And, and my bigger thing with Hassan is is not the, his skill or what he does on the floor, but it's his attitude and how he goes about the game. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Like, I love the guy, but I, I, I get burned out on the, you know, the slouching and the bad attitude yeah. that he brings sometime. And I think that Doke, you know, is just this this raw, 
undeveloped talent that has a great attitude and just wants to get out there and give it 110%. And I love that about him. And he's him. completely naive. So he just, yeah. I love, I want a rim running center. That's it. Just run rim to rim, man. Give me a rebound, dish it out, run to the next rim. Get a rebound, get a finish, turn around, run down to the next. Like, that's what he's doing right now. And it's leading to a lot of opportunity. But the, if we're talking about development, it still pisses me off to no end that Jared Butler's not playing. Yeah. Like every single night, put the guy in the lineup. Let him fail. Yes. Let it like we're so I just tweeted this this morning from a guy yeah. named Inky Johnson. We're so fascinated with the success in the, the upside. Oh, my God. Look at Kevin Durant shooting the basketball. Uh, but how do you get there? How do you how do you become a refined player? You fail. The, a the, lot. the lessons are in the failure. That failure is what leads you to success. Play. Jared Butler, it is it is so frustrating to see him get DNPs because there's just no reason for it. Oh, sure. Of, of course I understand why people are upset. You know? Mm. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, yeah, I'd love a Steven Adams as well as a backup. I, I don't disagree with that. Eric Devere says, Hassan's skill is on top level, but his attitude sucks. Yeah. Asabuki <laughs> lacks fundamentals, but his attitude is great. True. Uh, Spencer says, uh, Forrest and Butler should be – be getting Joe Ingles minutes long before he got injured in a lot of Clarkson's too. Yeah. Well, Forrest is getting minutes though. See, so, so Trent, Trent is now consistently getting minutes. Yeah. Trent's getting minutes. And, and you know, I, I, I like what he's doing. I, I mean, I think again, more development, more failures needed. You got to learn more like, you know, he just needs to play a ball, but I think my, definitely my firm opinion is Jared Butler's ceiling is way higher than Trent Forrest's. All right. We're live in uh, Southern California, Orange County this morning. We'll be here uh, today. And then uh, next week, we'll be back in Salt Lake uh, for the end of the month and uh, into perpetuity. Uh, enjoying a little what hasn't been warm Southern California sun, next frankly. Next week we'll be here. Next week we'll be here. Yeah. yeah, we'll be here next week. Yeah, that's what I said. No, we'll I'm, be here I'm, next week, and then we'll go back to Salt Lake to end the month. Try to listen to the show occasionally. Um, all right. All right. Let me ask you something. Should the PGA pros join this Saudi Arabian golf league thing? You're casual. It hasn't been well-defined at this point, but there is no doubt that the Saudi government is trying to build a competitor for the PGA and they have guys under contract now. Right. And one of those guys horrifically, one of those guys is Phil Mickelson. How? And the thing that is amazing to me is that Phil Mickelson is well aware that the Saudis are shitbags. Yeah. That the government, like his statement, I'm just going to read you, and this is a horrifying, disgusting, terrible, awful thing for Phil Mickelson to have said. According to Golf Digest, Phil Mickelson said, quote, they, the Saudis, they're scary MFers to get involved with. We know they killed Washington Post reporter Jamal Khashoggi and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. And he continued, Phil Mickelson did, knowing all of this, why would I ever consider it? Okay, okay. Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. <laughs> It's Bro, a Phil. shocking, shocking, terrible 
awful destruction of one's character. And while I've never loved Phil Mickelson, I've never hated Phil Mickelson until right now. And Phil Mickelson is by far their biggest name. And he is by far their highest paid pro. Depending on who you believe, it's he or Bryson DeChambeau. But Phil Mickelson is dead to me. And it is shocking to me that his sponsors have not pulled the plug on him for this. And everybody asking, why would Phil Mickelson do this? I tend to agree with Golf Digest, and I tend to agree with Alan Shipnook from uh, the Fire Pit Collective, who all are, are saying, hey, Phil Mickelson's broke. He sold his private jet, which shocked many of his friends. And a lot of people, in court, uh, including Alan Shipnuck, believe that Phil Mickelson has gambling problems. And it's cost him his personal fortune. And he is going with the Saudis for a payday. And I think it's horribly disgusting. Yeah. I think it is terrible. I think it is horrendous. And I will, if this happens, I mean, there's a pretty good chance I'm not going to watch a whole lot of golf again. I will never support Phil Mickelson, ever. Because it's garbage. You're a sellout, you're a scumbag, and you're taking blood money. And you're knowingly taking blood money. And there's it has nothing to do with the PGA Tour. Sorry, man. I just don't, I don't buy this. Story. I don't buy this at all. Yeah. When you are, when you are by name mentioning Jamal Khashoggi, who, for those of you who don't remember, Jamal Sh- Khashoggi, was a Washington Post reporter, an American citizen yeah. who was assassinated by the Saudis because of his reporting. And we did nothing about it. And when you talk about the atrocities committed by the Saudis, yeah. their, their crimes against women, their, their crimes against the LGBTQ community, you can't take their money. You can't take their money. I don't care if you are, if you are, you know, if you're somebody that supports the gay community, if you're somebody who does not, you can't take the Saudis money. You, it, it, whether you care about Jamal Khashoggi and his family and Americans in general, you cannot take their money. But that, but that to me is what makes this even worse. Yes. You're going to, you're, you're going to take the Saudis money. But you're going to do it in a way where you're going to use Jamal as as the cover story when you have gambling issues and you have debts you need to pay? Allegedly, yeah. Why? Allegedly, right? Allegedly. We need to say that. Allegedly. But let's surmise it's true. Allegedly. Right? Why not just say, hey, yeah, I'm in debt. I need money. Oh, that's right, because that would that people would look down on you for that because you're an idiot and you have a gambling problem. Yeah, that's right. So let's let's go ahead and disgrace someone who's dead and we did nothing about. It's stunning. It is it's, a, it's it is, absolutely it's, stunning. It's to incredibly me. disrespectful to to dude's family. It is incredibly it, 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 I agree with you. It it is one of the biggest teardowns of one's character. That's a great way to, to verbalize it. Because how, how have his sponsors not pulled the plug on him? I don't know. 
I don't know how is what 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 is he uh see what is he Titleist Callaway what, he's what a Callaway he? guy a Callaway Phil guy? Mickelson is so, a Callaway guy so, you know you've got Callaway I know I know at KPMG point, Workday Amazon yeah Workday you know like I, I think that I don't know man it's just shocking and my feeling is again and this is my opinion this could be completely off base but my opinion is is Phil thinks very highly of Phil Phil likes him some Phil. Yes, he does. And when Phil, when you like you some you, when Phil likes him some Phil, you're going to say some dumbass things like this. And my, again, my biggest problem is just that you're, it'd be one thing if, if, you know, you were just use if that cover story he's running out there was true, that would be bad on its own. But the idea that you're using that and you're lying about that and, and Khashoggi's dead. Like he's dead, and we did nothing about it as a country. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna take my three wood out over here in Saudi Arabia. It is shocking to me that Phil Mickelson is behind the formation of this league. He admits he he and two other players paid attorneys um, to write the rider and the formation documents for this Saudi Super Golf League. Um, and then what happens? I'm 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 amazed. What by happens? It. Let me ask. Let me pose this question. Let's say, since we're joking about people dying, let's say Phil dies over there. Am I supposed to feel sorry for Phil? Am I supposed to say, hey? But no, no, you don't. No, no. And this is a common misconception. They're not playing in Saudi Arabia. They're playing here. So they're playing on U.S. soil. Yes, it is. This Saudi Super League is set up to be a like-for-like competitor to the PGA Tour. And Phil Mickelson claims that he is only setting up this tour and only involved in it to leverage the PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. Is there information about where they're going to play? Are they going to play a pebble? They they haven't said. but, but, But again... You have to think. You throw enough money at – they're not going to play at Augusta. But you throw enough money at a a TPC Scottsdale. You throw enough money at some of these courses that, frankly, through the pandemic have suffered. Yeah, they need it. They're going to take your money. Isn't this what's wrong with society? Isn't this what's wrong with it? Yeah, maybe. Hey, if you got enough money, here you go. You know, and look, I love money just as much as any anybody else. I love Jordans. I love nice cars. You know, I love all the computers we have on our desk right here. Like, I love money, but not to the point where I'm going to make it over someone's dead body. You know what I mean? Like, that just is, it's too far for me. And it's disgraceful, honestly. I I am just. And now the idea, I I didn't realize, that's my fault. I didn't realize that that the concept was just to have Saudi backing and you're going to play it here on our soil. Yes. That makes it even worse. That That's just like the the cherry on top small detail that, that's like it, the full it, slap in the face. It's amazing. I, I don't even know how you – I don't even know how you get out of bed. And Garcia says in the chat is 100% silent. Maybe change the subject, LOL. Austin Lewis says, forgetting about who is behind the Saudi league, my first thought agreed with Phil that the PGA needs competition to make it better, but – you can't just forget how terrible the Saudis are. Yeah, you know, right? And it, I don't it, really. T- it's remarkable. You know, to the to the comment about hey, the chat said okay, great. I, we're we're cool, whatever. I don't I don't really. Yeah. It's not Mrs. Really. Monty fanboy says I've always disliked Phil. Not sure why anyone would get involved in this league. Yeah. Money, money, and they're yeah. upset. Um, Chet asked, um, even though his comment disappeared thanks to the uh, YouTube filter. 
Chad asked what they're upset with with the PGA Tour. It's money. They want the thing that the players don't have right now is like NFTs. Fucking mm-hmm. NFTs again. Here we go. The players are upset that they cannot take their biggest moments of their career and turn them into NFTs that they can sell because the PGA Tour owns their their likeness in digital rights. Mm-hmm. And Which I have to say, hey, you signed the piece of paper. Does it suck? Yeah, it does. It's in your tour card. But it's in your card. So what? what is there to say? What are we going to roll out? Uh, you know, NIL for the PGA Tour? Is that what we're doing? Like, yeah. you know, like what? I mean, so anyway, I mean, I just think that, you know, the, we don't talk golf on this show almost ever. This is the first time we've talked golf in Since ages. Tiger and Phil. Yeah, since Tiger and Phil, I think. Yeah, totally. You know, and the only reason we wanted to talk about this is just because it's so disgraceful, just because it's something you need to know about and you should you should follow. Like, I, I think it's – Yeah. I just think it's gnarly, dude. Like, this is Phil Mickelson, bro. This is the 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 absolute, you know, top dog competitor Money. to what was Tiger Woods. Money is is incredible. Money is incredible. I am just uh, these guys can't ride off into the sunset. How many guys? How many athletes? Think of it this way, and we don't have to go down the list, but just pop this in your head. Something to chew on. How many athletes are at the tail end of their career? The tail end of their top earning years as a as an athlete. And they do something dumb like this, and it costs them reputation. It costs them uh. like you know, it just it's terrible. And then Garcy says like the U.S. is super ethical and humane. I mean, no, we're not. We're not, but, but that's we're not the hanging. Point. We're not hanging the gay community by by yardarms in the street like they this do in fucking America in in Saudi Arabia and like they do in the Middle East. I mean, we're it's not a come different on. country, dude. Like like I hope yeah. people understand like the brutality. In their country is like on another level. Do you bro. guys understand? Like they, no, I'm not. It, no, it's anyway, fine. the point it's is, fine. the point yeah, is, fine. the point is, I'm amazed by it. Yeah. Real quick on Jaden Daniels before we talk about the awkward family dinner we had last night. <laughs> um, Jaden Daniels, the now former Arizona State Sun Devil quarterback. Um, I don't know if he's officially in, but is going to be in the transfer portal if he is not already. And Arizona State celebrated by destroying his locker and ripping him on social media. And you're like, okay, well, guys transfer every day. Why is this happening? What's going on here? See what happened. What are they pissed about? They hate Jaden Daniels. Oh, and now we know why. Not only is the program in the middle of a horrendous recruiting scandal that has gutted Arizona State's football program and any opportunity to win games. Mm Mm-hmm. But Jaden Daniels has been talking about transferring for like four months. Mm-hmm. So Herm Edwards, the old ball coach at ASU, Herm sat down with Jaden Daniels and had a meeting about it. At which, by some reports, Jaden Daniels said he was going to stay at ASU and stick it out. So when Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma quarterback, Spencer Rattler, Rattler, who lost his job to Caleb Williams, right. when Spencer Rattler called old ball coach when he, when he put his name in the transfer portal and said, hey, you know, I'd really like to play at ASU. And Herm said, no, sorry, man. I just met with Jaden Daniels. He's staying. We got a quarterback. Yep. 
Why don't you go pursue other opportunities? And Spencer Rattler did just that and went to South Carolina. He's a cock now. Gamecock. Gamecock. In South Carolina. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Jaden Daniels transferred. And I'll drop that motherfucker. Oh, boy. Forks down. Uh, Arizona State ain't real happy with Jaden Daniels. You're so Daniels. fucked. Oh, my God. Dude, they're pissed. Oh. And, and, I, and, and if you haven't seen it, go on Twitter. And just search like Jaden Daniels Man. or Jaden Daniels locker video. There's a video video going around of these guys tearing up his locker, and it is ugly. And, it, and I, you never see this. Yeah, it's so rare. And and again, that, that see, this is why. And, and it kind of again, love it or hate it, there are already questions about whether Daniels is going to get into the NFL because of his size or frankly lack thereof. Frankly, because he doesn't lift. Is yeah. That what you're and, saying? and and now maybe you have some, some ethical issues here where you weren't honest about your intentions. You screwed your former program. And now and this is like quitter quarterback, you know, who was at Utah, formerly Baylor. Don't it's say it's the his same name. thing. I'm not gonna say his say name. That I'm not, dude. He's quitter quarterback. Everyone knows who he is. It's the same thing. You're a quitter. You are you are you don't you don't say I'm gonna stay. And then after the team turns down a top prospect, say, ah, deuces, I'm outie, we'll see you later. And then what, you think you're going to go to another program and then be drafted high high in the draft? Yeah. You're an idiot. Tanner, I mean, that's not how it works. Tanner Plummer says what those ASU players did was disgraceful. Well, on some level. But what, what Jaden Daniels did was absolutely terrible. Yeah. He lied. He didn't keep his word. And they, they had an opportunity to replace him. If he had just had the balls to say, yeah, I'm out, coach. Appreciate you and everything you've done. You guys were great. It, yeah. You know, it's me, not you. We'll still be friends. You know, maybe you have some breakup sex, and then you go transfer. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Uh, and then they could have brought Spencer Rattler in, right? The new hot six-foot blonde that's way better looking than you. Yeah. Okay, cool. But instead, what you did is you didn't, you said, no, you know what? I do love you. Let's stay together. And then you went and, you know, went to pound town all over with their best friends and stuff. I will downsize your face with a shovel. I don't know why I turned this into a, a cheating affair thing, but it's fine. I will chain you to a pipe. <laughs> They're not, I believe that's, isn't that live audio from the ASU locker room when they were tearing up Jaden Daniels locker? How dumb do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I listen. I I think the Pac-12 is a freaking disaster, and I think Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley is going to go to the Rose Bowl. Lincoln Riley is going to win the South. Welcome to the fucking show. Uh, I think that they very likely are going to have a Heisman Trophy candidate again. Again. And I think that USC is going to show you how to turn a program around in a blink. Yeah! Is what it is, bro. You know, like it is I, I, if what you, it is, bro. If you are a Pac-12 fan and you are not terrified of what's going on at USC, you're not paying attention. Yeah, because Oregon's weaker, Washington's weaker, um, UCLA is still Chip Kelly weaker. Um, like, I mean, the South Utah I, got a little weaker. The South is absolutely the uh, USC's to win. I mean, just saying. We got a lot of time to talk college football, though. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Uh, Ruff's official says, but we're in the Olympics when China is committing genocide. Truth. Well. Uh, Ruff's official also says, hating on Rudy all show. We were? How? 
Uh, Whiteside, O'Neal, Conley, Clarkson all struggled. Donovan's defense sucked. Down one, 20 seconds left, and Donovan sits in the paint and watches Reeves wide open for a three. Well, yep. but how did Donovan get there? It do Again. Donovan yeah. followed LeBron into the post Here's to double team. Here's what I'm going to say. Doesn't matter. It, like, that is true. I don't disagree. But it doesn't really matter why Donovan got yeah. there. It's just that he wasn't able to get back out. Yeah. It sucks. That Reeves three was an absolute ball breaker. Yeah. I mean, listen, Ruffs, I, I don't think nobody on this show has criticized Rudy for the entire show. Yeah. And I think Donovan, I, I, I straight up said Donovan Mitchell has to mature. Donovan Mitchell has to wear his shortcomings. And again, I'm just going to keep saying, you know, for James Knight and, and Ruff or whatever, you know, like you guys can take it as we hate on Rudy. But but like I said, 20 minutes ago, you know, I would love for tomorrow him to start knocking down elbow jumpers or to add an offensive wrinkle to his game. Cause then just we can talk about it. Just be able to dribble. Yeah. Man. Like just any little thing. I, again, it's better for our show when the team does well. Like I, I don't think people grasp that concept. Like we want them to do well, but we're, we're not, we're independent, man. We don't, we don't, we're not beholden to anybody. I don't yeah, have to I, say nice things. Like I'm going to tell you the truth on the matter, whether you like it or don't like it. So, if you want to take that as hate, that's fine, but that's not what it is. Yeah, I, I just don't think that um, – you know what, man? I, I Yeah, it is what it is. All right, can we talk about the awkward family meeting? Yeah. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, let's move. Well, this was awkward. Yeah. Where should we start? Hawaii. Okay. So right. you guys remember we took this trip to Hawaii several months ago. With, our mo with my mother-in-law. Yeah. Good trip. Um, where she said, Hey, you know, I'm dating a couple of people and <laughs> you know, I have this one guy that I like and okay, cool. Mm -hmm. A month later, she moved in with him and they announced they're getting married. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I mean, like, so when you first heard that, what'd you think about? What, well, what, like, what did, like, were you, I mean, were you like, well, that's fine. Or what, like, what were you? No, I, I, I was naturally concerned because they're in there. They're, you know, this dude is like 80 years old. Um, my mother-in-law is by all accounts, a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Um, she has been single for 10 years after her husband died. Okay. Yeah. Um, this dude, um, this guy's wife passed away a year ago. And so he comes over for dinner last night while my mother-in-law is on a cruise. Mm -hmm. We invite him over for dinner so we can talk to him. Right. And we're sitting around the dinner table and just talking about stuff. And he said some things that frankly were, were caught me off guard a little bit and that yeah. I didn't like. And I'm very much a vibe and feel person. I try to read people. I try to learn about them by listening and, if you guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. I don't dislike the guy. He just says some things that I don't like. Okay. You know, and, and so we talked through some things and we didn't talk through some other things. And I don't know, like, what is the bar? And I guess the question that I have is, like, how much responsibility do we as her children and sort of children have yeah. to protect her, my mother-in-law? Right. Because... I don't I'm not saying that she's making a mistake. What I'm saying is I feel like she's going too fast. Yeah. So, you know, in, from my point of view, I think you guys do have a responsibility. Like there's no question that that, you know, with 
where she's at in her life that, you know, introducing a new guy is not a problem by any stretch of the imagination. I actually think it'd be great for her, and it is great for her, you know? But I also think there are things you have to take care of when you're late in life and retired and you're in that portion of your life. And I think that, you know, not to say that that dude has any bad intentions or he's doing terrible things because no. I don't think he is at all. But I think, you know, yeah, as as a son-in-law, you know, as, you know, like as the kids, like you guys have a responsibility to ask questions, talk like like. To, to dig, for lack of a better word. And, and my biggest thing, you know, at that dinner last night was just, was like, okay, this is pretty quick. You know, like, like as you were just saying, yeah. you know, you know, his wife had just passed away a year ago, which is a traumatic experience. You know, obviously. Open, he's openly talking about yeah. how he, you know, about it's, how he is still mourning. No, Garcy. He goes, cock block much, Monty? No. Not at all. Not at so, all. But this is the conversation. And I'm glad... You know, all jokes aside, I'm glad that kind of was brought up. The point wasn't to the the point wasn't and isn't to cock block. The point is, is when when you are in love, when you are the person in the relationship and doing the thing, you're not going to ask all these tough questions. I don't believe that that there there's been and I could be wrong and I hope I'm wrong. I really, truly do. But I'm not necessarily certain that. There's been conversations about, hey, you know, your wife had died a year ago. You're still grieving. Maybe we're going a bit fast here. Maybe, maybe you need more time. Well, maybe until we you time. until you asked that question. So then I you. asked that question, right? And I thought his answer was thoughtful, which was just like, you know, I'm not getting any younger, and and you know, like I started dating. But see, here's the problem. That's in. in so I generally in all of these situations, we're sitting around a table. I'm sitting at one end of the table, you know, the love. Yeah, you're guy. at the head of the table as Jesus Christ that. and everything. But he's at the other end of the table. And I'm generally in my family. I am generally the alpha. Right. I am the hammer. Right. right. And so I, I, I was asking this guy about timeline and that the, the grieving thing is a real concern to me. Uh, and you know my mother-in-law's on a cruise mm -hmm. she'll be back this weekend i think and we're gonna we're gonna sit down and talk about it because yeah. you know to me it's it's i don't care about the money i like it's not in a, like somebody asked james knight said is he cutting into mrs monty's inheritance no not at all it's nothing to do with that you know like it just it just isn't but the issue is is that this is essentially my mom this lady's been my mom for over 20 years right and there's just some things that stand out without getting too specific. And the thing that concerns me is that this guy said, you know, last night, like, hey, I'm still grieving. And it's just odd to me. Like, the there's it just doesn't feel right to me. So and there's this odd thing in life, this life cycle. And we've talked about this. You're born. You're a kid. You're a teenager. You're an adult. And then you go through the regression where you're back to being a teenager and a kid. Right. And these two are acting like teenagers, which is fine. They don't need my fucking permission. They don't need anybody's permission. Right. This is fucking America. But a month ago, you told me you 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 didn't know. And then we come home from Hawaii, and the next thing I hear is, hey, I moved in with this guy, and we're getting married. Right. Which is, you did say that last night. I, I told you, him that. You said that to his face last night. And I think it's a fair point, and I just think that... It has nothing to do with the money, and I and I get like I know you know there's some jokes being made or whatever, and I that's fine, but like it's not about the money. What what really it is about? Because it's one thing, not that this is happening, but we always hear the story, you know, 
hey, some person got got fleeced and was in a scam or what? You know, we all hear those, yes. you know, those kind of fringe out there kind of stories. So it's one thing to lose all your money. But to lose all your money and be heartbroken is just that not you can't, good. And especially for someone of of, you know, her age, we're not going to have that. And so it while it's not about the money, the money does play a role in this whole situation from a conversation standpoint. But I but I think the the heart of it and how how it will affect one's happiness in life is really the the balls of the conversation. And yes. so last night, you know, we're sitting around you know, having conversation, and he's like, all right, well, you know, it, like an alarm went off on his phone because he, he had a call or whatever. He had to, you know, get home and h- handle some stuff. And so I just point blank asked the guy. I was like, look, man, I haven't said two words this whole dinner intentionally. I've just been listening, you know, seeing what you have to say about stuff, and I just straight up asked him. I was like, you know, so you're, with all due respect, and I don't mean this in any type of way, but your wife, as you said, did die just over a year ago. And you also said... That, you know, instead of her being on the cruise, you would have loved for her to be here to be grieving with you because, you know, the anniversary just passed and, you know, he's working through it. And so what I asked him was, don't you think that there is some risk in jumping into something new, you know, while you're still grieving? And that's my biggest concern. Yeah, that's my biggest concern, because I both think that the like the origin of the relationship. This dude said last night that when he started because they met online, right on an app or whatever. So the the origin was, hey, I just to deal with my grieving, you know, I want to get out there. I want to talk to some people, which is totally natural. I don't even have an issue with that. I think that's a great step. I think that's really smart. But that's different than saying, hey, I'm going to date with the intent to find somebody. That's two different things with all due respect. So you've got that side of it. But then you have the Grammy side of it where she did it because she just wanted to basically kind of the same, like wanted to make more friends, wanted to get out there a little bit, wanted to see look, what was out no, there. It, there's nothing wrong and, with wanting to feel desired. And there's no, nothing right. There's nothing wrong with that. But the point I'm getting to is in today's world, especially at their age in the retirement phase of your life, my opinion is, is you can't do anything when it affects your money just because you want to do it it has to be handled the proper way there's a process by which you do things that's my concern here i don't i don't love how it started i do think they do have a connection i do think it's genuine i think that's great but you just got to be careful with this stuff man i don't want to have to sit around a dinner table three years from now and watch somebody cry because something happened I'm not interested in that, and I don't think anybody is. And Garcia says, how long was he married? Almost 20 years. Yeah. Jared Jensen says, Craven Moorhead is still hunting down the PS5. <laughs> uh, if it was decades, he'll most likely be grieving for the rest of his days. That's what I'm saying. James Knight says, you're 100% correct to be concerned over conversation. Uh, uh, concerned a conversation is definitely needed. In the words of the Joker, it's not about the money. It's not. It's about, it's sending, about sending a message. A message yes. Tanner Bummer says. Great poll, Tanner. My well, guy. Brylark says, get Grandma Monty in law to sign that prenup, Monty. They say they're talking to attorneys, and I'm I, I want to see the Which doc is somehow. terrifying on yes. some level. This is fascinating America. This is effing America. Yes. And dude. Garcia says it yes, is. Yes, dude. This is. And, and you this is fucking America. It is, Dana. I agree with that. And you have the right to be happy. But, man, I'm telling you. It's you, a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. When you're at that age, he freely admits that he, he's like, I don't have a long time to live. I'm old. And he that's the other thing. The other thing that stands out to me so much is my mother-in-law is like 
She's still kicking, bro. 60-something? Yep. Late 60s? Yep. Mid-60s? And she's spry and active, and this yep. guy is, like, not. He he feels older. He's 80, and he feels 85. And mm-hmm. he, Which, again, it isn't a criticism. But, bro, he he's, listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> he showed up wearing dress socks and sandals. U.S. Americans. We're not in Florida, bro. Like, <laughs> Florida, man. He, he showed up. <laughs> Like those Velcro sandals and I want you to listen to me. I mean, how many bodies are in the yard, sir? You know, like, did you bury cats three feet above above the dead bodies, five feet below? And then he turns out to be a Trump Republican who is a gun advocate. And compared gun use to drunk drivers. I mean, you get your Phil Mickelson on, sir. Like, I'm fine with that. (laughs) This is fucking America. Too soon? Too, Too soon? soon? Too soon. Damn. Too soon. Anyway, Damn. I was watching bro. The Dark Knight yesterday, and I was thinking to myself, you know, Woo! Jake would be a great joker, Tanner said. Dude. Do you know how many Dark Knight lines we use every single day in conversation? Dude. I mean, schemers trying to control their little world. They, Hey. That's what these two are. My mother-in-law and her, and her they boyfriend. They are. Schemers. Schemers trying to control their, their little worlds. world. Yeah. My because mother. all part of the plan my mother-in-law she's a schemer her boyfriend he's got plans what would i do without you (laughs) right right Right? i mean i just i don't know i don't know uh did you know did you want him to show up rocking jordan's yes yes can i get some some one lows yeah can i get some some fire red threes can i get some one lows can i get you know some some cool gray 11s like come on man that's why everyone needs more head. Yeah. Exactly right, Jaron. Dane says it's my grand natural reflex. Yeah, my grandma's remarried after a while of being single for companionship. His family outcasts her and she's just a caretaker. I feel terrible for her. Where is the Italian? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So that's what's that's that's been going on. All right, fuck off. Let's talk about my birthday. All right. Okay. Fuck off. <laughs> that's not very nice. Are we clear on that? That's not very nice. What are you? What are we doing for my birthday? Um, we're going to Lowry's. We're going you to Lowry's, the detail. prime rib in Beverly Which, Hills. Which, by the way, I have to say, if you're in Southern California, Beachside Detail, amazing work. Like, just look them up on Instagram. Quick hit, amazing work. They don't. Ruff's pay us. official says eighty year olds getting it on. Gross. Just take a dice and easy, okay? Just relax. Take yeah, your heart just, medication, just, sir. Just, just chill out, bro. Have your glycerin pills on the bedside yeah, come table. come on. Just, just chill out, dude. America. Okay, for uh, your birthday. So my birthday. We're going to Lowry's The Prime Rib in Beverly the Hills. The Prime Rib. MFers. What time is yo, yo girl getting in? Noon. Right? noon. She gets in at noon. So when you go to pick her up, me and Mrs. Monty are going to go up to House of Hoops um, at the Beverly Center. You're going to go to House of Hoops without me. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Who do you think you are? I am. You're well, casual. I am a schemer. Who the hell do you think you are going um, to going to House of Hoops without me, dude? It's it's, my, a, it's offensive, listen, bro. It's my birthday year. I can do whatever I want. Too um, fucking bad, man. Yeah, deal it's with offensive, it. bro. I'll wait for you. You better. I'll wait for you. Yeah, Jakey. you better. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Jakey, I'll wait for you. Yeah, yeah. My heart will go on. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> it's my birthday, right. and we're gonna eat a great dinner. I'm going to buy myself all kinds of gifts and stuff. Yeah, stuff. You, you know. know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, Jaron Jensen says scratch and sniff. I don't want to know what you're referring to scratching and sniffing about. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> Gonna guess the scent would be onions. And anyway, kind of scruff it and play, play with, with it, it when it's, it's wet. wet. <laughs> uh, the point is, I don't know what should I at forty nine. What should I want for my birthday? Because what I want is is a Porsche. No, I want like hoes and money, man. To what do I owe this place? Yeah, no. What I want is I like I'm a big clothes guy. I'm a big shoe guy. There's a huge sneakers auction tomorrow uh that i'm all about but yeah i want to go up to house of hoops and i want to rock some shoes right and i want to eat well and i i just want to have like fun right yeah i feel like dude this week's been a grind though this week's been a grind and garcia says head that too i I mean i I think we all want that how did we get here i think we all want that yeah something for ed Jensen said, "Well, I, the, my last problem okay, right listen, now. Okay, listen, listen, listen. There's enough. Flow. There is enough ED commercials on the radio already. We don't need more in the comments. Okay. Yeah. Why I don't listen to Utah sports radio? Well, it's uh, Ashwagandha. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's put some needles in your balls and make the flag run up the pole. That's not what we're about. Not on this show. We don't. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Man? That's what I'm saying. I'm good. Anyway, so it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, I am super stoked for my birthday. Um, yeah. I'm super stoked that next week, a week from today, we're going to um, Morton's, um, which is a great steakhouse. I cannot wait. Uh, you know. Yeah, dude. It's going to be awesome. I'm just it's saying. Who's gonna... on? No. No. No, James, you can't. No, man, you can't be making sexual references about the about the wife, man. You can't be doing that. Yeah, that's, that's uh, Rock and Baja and New Rock and Baja and Newport Beach. Love Newport Beach. Yeah, Newport's fire. Yeah, so we're gonna eat well this weekend. We're not going to Mastros though. We're not, and I'm a little which, disappointed which, about that. I mean, I'm really surprised you chose Morton's over Mastros. Oh, m- wait until you go to Morton's. Morton's uh, is yeah. Okay. If you've you've never been to Morton's, and I'm telling you. We'll see. I'm telling you right now. We'll see. We'll see. It's some stuff. Man. Yeah, we'll see, bro. It's some stuff. Anyway, play the music because we got to go to the Yelpatory. Really appreciate you guys. Another huge week on the audio podcast. Thank you. Um, if you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up and a like. Um, hit the thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow. You want to buy a You're a Casual shirt? All you got to do is DM Jake or me on social, The Monty Show, M O N T Y, The Monty Show. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, 25 bucks dm us the shirt is yours uh make sure you subscribe we're giving away a ps5 yeah and to all you haters on the audio suck it today it yeah we fixed the audio yeah, suck no it. audio problems we win today. we win we win see what we i mean we did it we fixed it we did it until tomorrow say say happy birthday monty yeah happy birthday shithead wow